Digiday Podcast. I'm Kaylee Barber, Media Editor at Digiday. And I'm Kamika McCoy, Senior Marketing Reporter here at Digiday. All right. So we're nearing the end of the year, uh, which is you know, very exciting. I'm looking forward to our week off of relaxation. But I'm curious, Kamiko, do you have any plans set up for next year, like travel-wise? Because I am not going anywhere for the holidays. I very much stay put in my parents' living room. But I am already thinking ahead to next year's travels, and I'm curious if you are doing the same. Actually, yes, I am <laughs> so glad that you asked. I actually do have a trip, a girl's trip coming up to Italy in March. I am so oh my god, so excited about it. I've been like during the trips to Cannes, where I go cover the the festival every year um, for Digiday. We like take like a like a, a small trip to like the cusp of of Italy, um, just crossing over the border to get to the next country from France, and it's fantastic. And now I'm excited to kind of like go full fledged. I think when I eat a bowl of pasta or a slice of pizza there. Or a, or a croissant. I will feel like I have made it. Yeah. I went to Italy last May, just a girl's trip out to France and Italy. Um, but we stayed up near like the Italian Riviera. So we were in um, Genoa, Portofino, and then this other like tiny little beach town. Absolutely beautiful. But there are so many different places in Italy to visit. Like where are you going specifically? Um, that's another thing. We've actually hired a travel agent and I have oh, wow. checked out BrainWise. <laughs> I'm just going to show up to the airport and get ready to go. I kind of love that. I love taking that hands-off approach to vacation. Um, I am not that kind of person. I am often the person that's in the planner seat going through all the spreadsheets. But maybe maybe a travel agent is good for next year's travels because my family is actually going to Australia or that's the plan at least. My brother is in the Marines. He's getting deployed out there for six to eight months. So we're going for a couple weeks and – that is a huge place to go. I have no idea where to start. Well, speaking of travels, um, in this very unplanned transition into today's interview, you spoke with Airbnb's global head of marketing, Hiroki Asai, and that is very on topic with travel. But I am curious. They've I've seen a lot of commercials for them lately. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're doing a big marketing push, very like you know upper funnel CTV ads out the wazoo. And I say this because my Hulu is absolutely <laughs> boggled down with their ads, which is working because they're they stick out. Um, but I'm curious like what you guys chatted about and if, you know, their marketing strategy for next year is, um, you know, it sounds like it's already kind of off to a, a good start, but what'd you guys chat about? Yeah, man. Um, we had a conversation and you're absolutely right. The name of the game for her Airbnb this year and going to next year is brand awareness, brand awareness, brand awareness. Um, they have obviously faced a lot of challenges within the housing market and things like that. There's competition from hotels once again. Um, and so they're, they're putting their bets on, on standing out and brand awareness is a big part of that with video, um, both on linear, CTV, um, things like that. They've got some new product features um, and they're kind of changing the angle of how they're, they're talking to the consumers to get people traveling uh, again as the, the new year goes into full swing. So it was a good conversation. I love talking to Hiroki and I hope that it's a great listen. I am curious because I feel like the listeners are probably wondering this too. I know Airbnb went through a little bit of a dip in popularity uh-huh. with the things like, you know, extensive chore charts and things that they have to do that maybe people staying at you know, 
a rented place don't really expect they have to do. Yeah. One time I had to do the laundry uh, before I checked out. Um, but I'm curious, <laughs> did you guys talk about like updates to guest experience and things like that as, you know, hotels are starting to get a little bit more competitive again? That actually feeds into how they're changing their marketing messaging, which I'm sure you've seen while you're watching uh, your Hulu yeah. your Hulu programs. Um, getting back to what Airbnb originally was, which is this idea of like sharing a, sharing a space with somebody else to get like an experience from a local's point of view, I guess, if you could put. Um, so for instance, instead of like renting the whole place out for yourself, like you share a place with somebody else and you rent a room. So that's been some of the messaging there. Um, and again, with the brand awareness push, um, it kind of feeds right into that. Yeah, definitely. I have seen those commercials too. All right. Well, I'm excited to listen to the episode. I'll let you guys get into it. Thanks, Miko. Thank you. Hi, Hiroki, and welcome to the Digiday Podcast. We're so excited to have you. How are you today? I'm great, Kimiko. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Obviously, we're going to talk about the winter release, Airbnbs, campaigns, and whatnot. But I want to start with a fun question, if that's okay with you. Given that you guys sit at the intersection of housing and travel, I'm interested to know, what is the best place you have ever visited? Oh my gosh, the best place I've ever visited? Um Let's see. I would have to say um, the northern island of Japan in the wintertime, the island of Hokkaido in the wintertime, is absolutely magical. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's a place that it's almost as if they engineer the snow. It's just so beautiful. It's so perfect. It comes, tons of it comes down. And the, uh, the, the trees, there are no evergreens there. And so the trees lose all their leaves. And so you can imagine just this blanket of snow covering the entire landscape and then just tons and tons of these trees. And you just see the dark branches against the white snow. It's just amazing. That sounds like a dream come true and much better than my view of other people's townhouses where I'm sitting. That said, go straight into the marketing and advertising part of this. (laughs) So we've got some new learnings. We've released the 2023 uh, winter report for Airbnb, where we've, we've learned a lot, um, introducing some some new upgrades like guest favorites, revamped ratings and reviews and listings tab. But I'm curious kind of what this all means from a marketing and advertising standpoint. What did we learn to get to these conclusions and how do they play out into our marketing and advertising? Sure. Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. Uh, you know, um, I, I guess just to step way back, you know, we've we've built our uh, marketing design and product teams intentionally to do everything in-sourced and in-house. And we do that because, you know, a, a guest or a host experiences everything that we do all together. And so it makes the most sense for all of that work to be done together by the same team in close proximity, you know. And so this this release is a really good example of that where we are really intentionally in all of our marketing and all of our global expansion efforts, going after people that have yet to try Airbnb. And people really default to hotels. Now, on what that means for the marketing is that we need to really speak to people that have never tried Airbnb before and don't really connect the dots and think about it. You know, people are busy. They travel once or twice a year. They don't really think about travel until they have to book it. Right. And in that moment, they're not really kind of connecting the dots of why they would rent a home on Airbnb versus stay in a hotel. And when we did our research, it turns out that uh, when you explain to people that if you're traveling with a family or if you're traveling with multiple families or a group, 
Airbnbs are such a better option. You know, was when you think about it, you know, we're a, we have three kids. Uh, and when we used to travel a while back um, and stay in hotels, it was like impossible to find a room big enough for all of us. And so you end up then trying to find an adjoining room. Good luck. Those are very, very hard to find. Or, you know, you end up getting multiple rooms, which is terrible, especially if your kids are little, or you end up cramming in a room together. And if you're all in a room together, you basically end up going to bed when the youngest one goes to bed. Or that single room also doubles as your dining room and your playroom, you know? And so it's just, an Airbnb is a much better option. Or if you're traveling with a group of friends, you know, you don't want to end the evening when everyone goes off to their own room and then you reconvene in the hotel lobby. You want to be together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You want to be together. And so, um, so our goal is to really explain that to people, yeah. you know, in a really entertaining and brand forward way and then send them to the app. And when they get to the app, we want to make sure that they get in a great stay. You know, and so that's what guest favorites is about is we've designed a system to make it really easy for someone to find a stay that other guests have raised their hands and said, this one is great. And kind of leaning into that, I'm curious, what does that mean from both a messaging perspective and from a media channel perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, from a from a messaging perspective, I I think what we want to do is just illustrate um, some of these pain points and some of the ridiculousness actually that happens when you have to stay in a hotel, you know, and, you know, there's, everyone's had this experience of cramming multiple, you know, little kids and big kids and parents into one bedroom and trying to spend, you know, two or three nights that way. It's, it's pretty painful. Everyone's had the experience of like going down to the pool and you realize people have like left towels and magazines and whatever object they can on all the lounge chairs and they're all taken at 6 a.m. You know, and so there's just kind of these things that we've put up with staying in hotels um, that we think is just part of travel. And it's not, you know, and so the marketing is really just illustrating that and showing that in a delightful, enter- entertaining way and helping people to realize that there's a there's a better option for some trips, that some trips are better on an Airbnb. And from the channel perspective, is there any channels in particular that we're putting this message out on? Yeah, yeah. So we started to pilot this uh, just in digital, and we've seen like unbelievable um, results from it. It's our it's our highest performing digital campaign to date, and the message recall has been fantastic. So it's given us a lot of confidence and data to take this above the line. So you'll be seeing it in TV come January, um, as well as all the digital channels. And we're also, you know, exploring uh, some interesting channels where we show up, our creative could show up in locations where you're looking for hotels. So more on that in January, but we're going to have fun with this one. This is broadcast TV, correct? Correct. Yeah. I think what's interesting about that is we have been as an industry and as consumers and viewers as well, collectively waiting on the final nail to be banged into the coffin of linear television. Um, but it seems that it's it's a channel that that's holding on. It's got some some uh, some value to it. But curious what that value looks like for Airbnb. Why keep this expensive channel on? Yeah, yeah. You know, we really look at it as a. It's not an either or, but it's an and for us. And I think there are moments, um, especially in live TV, sporting events, um, shows, you know, specific shows, um, award shows, where, where people do really gather together and watch it as an event. 
you know, with a lot of full focus. And we think those are those are good moments to to participate in. Now, you know, of course, people are also on their phones. People are also on social. You know, people are also watching most of their content through YouTube. So we'll show up there as well. Um, and, you know, we also know that uh, um, a lot of the messages that we have are are a little bit more longer form, a little bit more complicated. And so we'll use podcasts, which we actually find really, really effective as well. Absolutely. Um, and a quick pivot. Were there any nail biting moments when you guys were planning this broadcast um, TV spot with the Hollywood strikes? Any uncertainty, stop and pause or anything like that? Yeah, luckily, you know, we were still in, um, uh, we weren't in production yet. We were still kind of concepting internally, but, you know, it's like every campaign is a nail biting moment for us. <laughs> you know, it's like, we really, we really push it and push it and push it and, you know, make sure that we're doing something that we love and, Man, it's it's an that's always a nail biter. It always comes down to the wire, but it's kind of an addicting process, I guess. Absolutely. I want to shift gears just a little bit. Obviously, since the pandemic, there have been so many changes within the hospitality, tourism, travel, and even the housing market. Um, one thing that I think was interesting is that pre-pandemic, and you guys have talked about this pretty extensively in, in trade publications, is that Airbnb was pretty top-heavy in performance marketing. And now we've made this big pendulum shift over to big, bold campaigns. Talk a little bit about the rationale behind that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think um, one of the issues that we found with uh, the over-reliance on performance NPR is that there wasn't a venue or an opportunity for us to get our own message out there. And so, you know, we were acquiring customers through the performance work and we were responding in a reactive way to, to, um, to news articles through press and PR, but there was no venue for us to talk about why Airbnb, you know? And so if you think about, if we were to take today's strategy of trying to go after new users and use that old model, you would acquire them, but you would never really have the opportunity to be able to say why and to be able to educate people and explain people to people why. You know, we think we have a very unique offering, a very unique product. We're going to continue to innovate and change. And so we have a lot of messages that we want to put out there um, that are our messages. You know, and I think when you're over-reliant on those performance channels, you end up either reacting to other people's messages or in that vacuum, other people will just create stories and messages about you that you can't control. So, you know, there needs to be a balance between the two. But I, I definitely think, you know, we need the opportunity because of who we are and the way we want to operate and where we want to exist in the category. We want a, an opportunity to be out there and, and talk about why we're doing things and why we think we're interesting. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. I think not for nothing with big and bold, more top of funnel um, activations can come less measurement that you found at the bottom of the funnel <laughs> and with performance marketing and whatnot. So kind of walk me through, I guess, how do you justify that given that there's less granularity to it? Yeah. You know, there are ways that we can measure it, you know, and it's not, you know, granted, it's not a science like the way you can measure performance, but you know, between sentiment and awareness. And we do have a media mix model where we can understand, you know, um, 
understand when we see bookings and traffic upticks and when we're running campaigns and it goes against locations. And we can even try and target that around you know, when we do outdoor. Um, but it is, it, it is really, there are certain things that uh, you need to do that you just can't measure. You know, you really can't measure PR super accurately. You can't measure brand as accurately as you can performance. But, you know, you, you do need to be able to have that forum to be able to put your own message out there. You know, and for and again, it's not for everyone, but for someone like us, where we really have something that we think differentiates, we need the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. Does that change what measurements or reporting becomes important for you guys as we move back up the funnel? Um, I don't think it changes the importance of measurement. I just think we, we need to take a much more holistic lens on it. You know, that there's there's the measurement of the impact and the ROI and, you know, the bookings and the nights. But then there's also the measurement of the sentiment. There's a measurement of the awareness. There's a monitoring of, you know, social media channels to understand how people are feeling and what they're saying. There's a, you know, monitoring of press and what's going on. And so I think when you look at all those things, you have a much better picture of how you're showing up in the world. Yeah, for sure. And kind of the the same thing, but from a media channel perspective, as we're making these changes and doing the media max modeling, are there any channels in particular that, um, that you've hit on that have been like, yep, those, those we've got to keep them in rotation. These are important for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're all definitely important. And each one, I think, is definitely serving a, a purpose. I mean, um, the one channel that, that's actually kind of interesting that surprised us is podcasts. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on a podcast. But, <laughs> you know, it actually, you know, we, we find that um, the content is great. And for certain kinds of messages and audiences that we're trying to reach, you know, it's it's people are in tune. People are, are really paying attention. The content is fantastic. Um, the medium allows for much more of a message forward execution, which, you know, we like a lot. So we see a lot of results, especially on our host campaigns, you know, because when you're trying to convince someone to to host to put their house on Airbnb. It's, it's a long consideration cycle. You know, people don't just wake up and go, hey, I'm putting my house on Airbnb. You know, they, you know, there's a lot of conversations with the partner or spouses and there's a lot of thinking about it, insurance and all that. And so it's a, it's a much longer conversation. And for a message like that to an audience like that, podcasts have been awesome for us. Yeah. Are there any particular kinds of podcasts whether it be, I don't know, true crime, sports, um, kind of the, from those vertical perspectives. Digiday is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've been, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely across the board. It's definitely across the board. Yeah, you know, we, we definitely, um, yeah, we, we definitely will, you know, go to the more popular ones, but then we'll also be selective around people that might be considering hosting or people that might be considering Airbnb from a hotel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to the idea of how much we've seen change um, through the pandemic up until now with housing, with travel and whatnot. Curious, what does that mean? Because you sit at an interesting intersection <laughs> with the, with housing, travel, tourism and things like that. How has that impacted how you do your job and how you interact with the rest of the C-suite? Um, do you mean how how do we see the business changing and how do we see us reacting to the business? Or is it us 
living and working remotely, how do we work with each other? Yeah, for the business perspective, as a CMO, are you closer to the CFO? Does that mean the um, you know the relationships change? How you reporting changes? That type of thing. Oh, oh, I see. So just internally, how we how yeah we yeah. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, no, you know what's amazing is. Um, we were all a little worried. I was a little worried about uh, returning to a hybrid situation and having some people work from home, some people work from work or work from uh, the office. And we really haven't missed a beat, you know. And I think what we've evolved into is we all tend to come together around key ideation moments, key brainstorming moments when we all want to work together and solve a problem. And then, you know, we'll go back and work from home when we have a lot of these transactional meetings and cascades and or if we just need heads down time on our own. So I actually think we're more productive, um, to be honest, and in some ways more intensely creative at the right times in this in this hybrid model. You know, and we, you know, we leave it up to kind of team by team. We don't have an overall policy around bringing everyone back at a certain time. But um, I, you know, for my teams and especially for the creative teams, we've we found it really, really great, really, really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And have for the business aspect of it, um, I guess with the tourism, the travel, and the housing market changes, volatility, if we could just put a name to it, um, does that change the way that you guys go to market, I guess is what I'm asking. With the housing crisis, with travel up and down, um, economic headwinds and things like that, does that change how important marketing becomes here? Yes, yes. I think, you know, one of the things that we're seeing is, that um, with all of this change that's going on and, you know, people coming out of the pandemic, the, the working from home trend is not is not going away, you know, and people definitely are, um, you know, staying longer than they used to. And the, the mix between the, the conceptual blending of travel versus living versus working all kind of bleeding together has continued. You know, and then on top of that, what we're seeing is a lot of international travel, especially to APAC, you know, with and especially to countries like Japan that have been closed for so long. We're seeing a lot of pent up demand for people to go cross border and cross and, you know, and overseas. So when you mix those two things together because of who we are and because our supply is based on homes um, and rooms, it's it's much more adaptable to these kinds of like quickly changing environments. I don't know if that makes it, it. It does make sense, and I and like we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, kind of impacts how you guys the marketing messages and how we're talking to people that are staying with us and that type of thing. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is is as people travel more, and this this goes back to how we think about first time bookers. Is I, I think you know as much as we'd like to think people think about Airbnb all the time and people think about travel all the time, they really don't. They think about Airbnb, you know, a few times a year when they're getting ready to travel. And so um, people are just staying in a hotel is, you know, cultural. It's built into who we are. It's almost our default. And so when we think about, you know, this influx of travel overseas and people going cross border, we really want to take that opportunity to tell people that there's there's a different way to do this for those kinds of, you know, important trips that you take with your family and with friends. Uh, and, you know, not every trip, but, but there are alternatives that are, that certain trips are great for. 
Yeah. We're winding down 2023 and and I hate to say it already looking at 2024. So gonna gonna ask a question about kind of look the the roadmap ahead. I think the industry has been caught on its back foot for a while, um especially CMOs with marketing budgets under scrutiny, measurement kind of up in the air, um channels and things like that. So what is your mood kind of going into 2024? Are we hopeful? Are we nervous? What are we thinking? Oh, I'm super hopeful. I'm always hopeful. I'm kind of a hopeful guy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm really hopeful. I mean, I, I think there's still a huge amount of pent up demand to travel overseas. We're seeing it, especially through Asia, and you know, in reaction to that, we're expanding globally. And we're stretching, you know, our brand marketing and a lot of our, you know, marketing and comms efforts um, into APAC and. Uh, um, Latin America and EMEA. So I'm really, really excited about, you know, taking this idea of Airbnb and pushing it out into the corners of the world that haven't had the opportunity to hear about it yet. And also, you know, going out to different areas of the world that we haven't operated in and introducing hosting to communities and to, and to people. So when I, I think when I look at 2024, um, I'm just really excited because I, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of change in the way people travel and the way people live. And I'm excited. And I know that we have a great, you know, design and uh, product team to react to it and a great marketing team that can, that can help educate people on, on that change. So I'm super hopeful. For sure. <laughs> and from the marketing standpoint, are there any trends in particular that, um, you know, the Airbnb team is looking, keeping an eye on tapping into whether it be retail media networks or um, AI, things like that. It's interesting you ask that. I I think the thing that we're really focused on, to be honest, is just making sure that we're speaking with a really, really coherent message, Mm -hmm. you know, to our audience who we're trying to talk to, which are hotel bookers, you know. And we, we lead with that principle that we're talking to hotel travelers, which is nine out of 10 travelers globally really are, are hotel travelers. And they have a, you know, a, a default mode to book hotels. And so from there, we'll follow where they are. We'll follow unexpected places where they're looking for hotels. We'll let the media chase the audience. And I think when you're focused more on a coherent message like that, that's really powerful. That's to the right people. It's probably less or less about trends and channels and trends and media and much more about the execution. Interesting. Interesting. Well, almost a hot take, especially in the industry that is obsessed with the shiniest, newest, hottest trends. Yeah. 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 Now, you know, on the product side, on the technology side, there's lots of amazing things happening with AI that we're extremely excited about. Um, and, you know, I, I think in travel and travel planning and, Booking, there's a huge opportunity for AI to make that process so much more magical and so much more delightful, you know, um, for us, but more importantly, for the guest and for the host, you know. And, you know, one of the things that we've just um, pushed out there is uh, the listings tab. What's amazing about it is, you know, most people don't spend a lot of time working on this part of their app, you know, because it's, it's for our hosts. But yeah. we really know, we really believe that we want to create an unbelievable experience for, for our hosts. And so we took a part of the app, half the app. It's half the app, you know, and, and um, 
the taken the the task of managing your listing, we've taken it down from something that would have taken hundreds and hundreds of clicks, thousands of thousands of pages for you to work through and made that basically one page and everything is within one or two clicks away. You know, it's something that we've been working on for over a year um, with hundreds of engineers and it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and when you make those tools really simple for hosts, they end up completing their listing and making their listing very accurate for guests. You know, which in turn really helps a first-time booker because they get a very accurate listing. I would imagine that learnings come from that as to how people are engaging with the app, using the app to been, then be used in other parts of you guys' marketing, advertising, and other parts of the strategies. Right, right. And it really feeds back then into the insights of how first-time bookers come to the site, how new users interact with the listing, how new users choose you know, listings that they need, what they find, what they don't find. Um, and that all then informs the marketing and the whole the whole ecosystem works together. Exactly, exactly. Listen, <laughs> I can't thank you enough for spending some time on the Digiday podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It means a lot. Of course. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Digiday podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. And please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. 